Welcome back to the Clutch Factor Sports Show. My name is Joseph Meyer. So glad to be with you again. Today, we are reacting to week five of the NFL season, going over the biggest storylines and answering the question, will Tom Brady ever slow down? What a weekend it was. Let's get right into it. This Sunday, we had some amazing games, and many of them came down to the final moments, final kicks, final drives. We'll start it off with the finest five, as we always do. These are five games from the weekend that stood out the most to me. Number one is Packers versus Bengals. Coming into this week, I was excited to see the Bengals go up against a good opponent for the first time. They have been one of the most surprising teams so far this year, and I love how exciting their offense has been. This game was awesome to watch because we got to see one of the brightest young stars of the league going up against a quarterback who has dominated over the last decade. Joe Burrow has looked truly special out there. He's been throwing it all over the field. And Jamar Chase continues to impress. Those two connected for 159 yards and a touchdown on Sunday against the Packers. And the Bengals' defense played surprisingly well, too. Although Aaron Rodgers had nearly 350 yards of passing, he only had two touchdowns, and Green Bay only put up 25 points. This game was a prove-it game for the Bengals, and I honestly think that they showed themselves to be a playoff contender. They can easily be a wildcard team, and right now, I think they're still at the top of their division. If Joe Burrow can stay healthy and upright, I think the Bengals have a real chance to make something special happen this year. I was really expecting this year to be a building year for the Bengals, but they have come out firing on all cylinders and are proving a lot of people wrong. Obviously, the story of this game was the missed kicks. Mason Crosby had three missed field goals, and Evan McPherson, who had been super clutch up to this point, missed two of them. However, the Packers managed to come out on top, and Crosby saved his own head with a kick to win the game in overtime. Everyone who was hating on the Packers at the beginning of the season after that tough loss to the Saints has been shut down. The Packers are playing to win, and right now they look like serious contenders. Aaron Rodgers is playing with a fire that we haven't seen in quite a long time, and I'm very excited to see what this team can do over the course of the season. They have a huge divisional matchup next week against the Bears. A win in Chicago would give them a stronghold of the division. Now, speaking of the NFC North, number two this week is Vikings versus Lions. This was a matchup of two teams that love to hand games over to their opponents. Neither the Vikings or the Lions have managed to win close games and they've both blown leads in the final seconds this year. However, when they go up against each other, one of them is inevitably going to have to come out with the victory, and that's what the Vikings were able to do. With just three minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, the Vikings held a 10-point lead. Not only did they manage to blow that lead, they even allowed the Lions to jump ahead with a two-point conversion after a late DeAndre Swift touchdown. For Vikings fans, this was a classic Vikings loss scenario. Holding a lead but fumbling it away, quite literally. However, as Lions fans are all too familiar with, any team who plays the Lions suddenly becomes extremely clutch. Kirk Cousins leads his team down the field and with only 37 seconds to go and just five plays, gets in position for a 50-yard field goal. And then as time expires, Greg Joseph, who has been inconsistent at best this year, drills that kick to get the Vikings their second win of the season. As happy as I am for Vikings fans to finally win a game at the last second, I know that had they been playing any other team, Greg Joseph would have missed that kick. I'm equally saddened for this Lions team, and especially Coach Dan Campbell. 
I have been one of his biggest fans so far. I love the heart that his coaching style has brought to this Lions team. They have been without a competitive drive for years, and Dan Campbell was absolutely the right hire for this organization. He got a lot of criticism before the season started for being too emotional or whatnot, but I love it. Seeing how overtaken with sadness he was in his post-game press conference, that made me like him as a coach even more. You can tell that his players want to play for him and want to go to battle for him. The Lions are going to struggle to win games this year, but the level of play that I have seen from them makes me very optimistic for the future. Now, the coach on the other side of the ball, Mike Zimmer, has been on the hot seat for a while and will continue to be after this game. Another meltdown like that, and he may as well kiss his job goodbye. I know that they were without Dalvin Cook, and it's not all on Mike Zimmer, but at some point, enough is enough. Kirk Cousins is good enough to lead this team to the playoffs. They have the pieces around him to succeed. However, the coaching needs to improve quickly if this team has any hope at all of playing in January. Number three is Patriots versus Texans. This was one of the most surprising results of the weekend, I think. Not exactly the outcome, but more of the final score and how close this game was. The Patriots defense, who had looked so solid last week against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, struggled to stop Davis Mills and this very below-average Texans offense. Mills was 21 for 29 passing with 312 yards and three touchdowns. We don't normally see Bill Belichick coach teams give up those kind of performances to rookie quarterbacks, and especially not third-round backup quarterbacks. Although this Texans team is only 1-4, in four, they're not getting embarrassed by their opponents like I expected coming into the year. Even without Tyrod Taylor, who I think is a fearless leader at the quarterback position, this team is still fighting, and they are staying in games similarly to what the Lions are doing right now. For whatever reason, in my mind, the outlook of this team seems more positive with Davis Mills in at quarterback than it did last year with Deshaun Watson. I'm not sure if that makes a statement about Bill O'Brien or about Deshaun Watson, but I think this offseason was clearly a move in the right direction for the Texans organization. The more interesting performance and honestly concerning performance was the Patriots. Like I said, their defense did not play well at all, and the offense continues to just look average. Mac Jones is a completion king, and he throws the ball very accurately. But I don't think his arm is dynamic enough to carry a team. What this year is showing me is that the Patriots are not ready for a playoff push until Bill Belichick surrounds Mac Jones with talented players. Many had the hopes that the Patriots would return to their dominating ways of the Tom Brady era, But although Mac Jones has a similar play style and body type, he is never going to be able to carry a team with minimal talent like Brady has. This team is a multi-year rebuild away, and just because they have the greatest coach of all time on that sideline doesn't mean they don't have to deal with the struggles of rebuilding. The title of AFC East frontrunner has clearly been handed over to the Buffalo Bills, so The Patriots are not going to have an easy division for a long, long time. I think the Patriots organization needs to take a step back and look at where they're at. They are not going to be contending for a while. They need to start surrounding their franchise quarterback with the pieces necessary to make that push. Speaking of those Bills, let's talk about them. Number four, Bills versus Chiefs. Bills had a dominating performance on Sunday night. A lot of people this week want to talk about the Chiefs' struggles, their defensive failure, and Patrick Mahomes' turnover problem. 
But I think this game really came down to the dominance of the Bills. This team has looked spectacular since their unfortunate week one loss to the Steelers. Their offense continues to improve, and Josh Allen, he is making plays that we've never seen him make before in a rainy, gross game. Allen still came away with 315 passing yards and three touchdowns with no interceptions, and he also had 59 yards on the ground with an additional touchdown. The Bills weren't even able to get the running backs going and still managed to put up nearly 450 yards of total offense. And as impressive as that offense has been, the defense has honestly impressed me more. They kept Patrick Mahomes under 300 yards, which is honestly unheard of, and they forced four turnovers. This Bills team is good enough to rely solely on their defense, and yet they have this dynamic offense to go along with it. They have only given up an average of 12.8 points per game, which is first in the league by far and insanely impressive, and they're putting up a ton of offensive points to go along with it. If the Bills can put up 30 points a game, I think it is entirely impossible that they win out. This defense is not going to give up 30 points to anyone. Now, for the Chiefs, I am very concerned, but this game isn't what made me concerned. I expected them to lose this game pretty handedly. I just don't think they are as good of a team as the Bills are. And that's not necessarily anyone's fault. We see it all the time. When you pay your quarterback big-time money, other parts of your team are going to struggle. In the Chiefs' case, that's their defense. They just don't have enough talent on the defensive side. Now, yes, the coaching does need to improve, and the players need to step it up. But based on what we've seen from this team so far, I think that there are at least four, if not five, teams in the AFC that are clearly better as of now. They are two games and the tiebreaker behind the Chargers for the division lead, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. I'm never going to doubt Patrick Mahomes, and it's entirely possible that they can go on a run should this team make it to the playoffs. However, I think as NFL fans, we need to dial back our expectations for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. We cannot expect that level of greatness that we have expected from Tom Brady and the Patriots over the last 20 years. The Chiefs are going to be disappointed every single season if they don't win the Super Bowl, and that's because Patrick Mahomes is so talented. But the fact of the matter is that getting to the Super Bowl every year is frankly impossible, and I don't see it happening. And lastly, we've got what was the game of the week, Chargers versus Browns. This was an absolute offensive slugfest. Justin Herbert and the Chargers were able to come out on top, but the Browns played extremely well too. I loved what I saw from both teams on Sunday. The Browns rushing attack is clearly the best in the league, in my opinion, and the Chargers offense looks unstoppable. Both of these teams have very good defenses. The Browns is better, in my opinion, but the nature of the game didn't highlight the talent that either of those teams had on the defensive side of the ball. Now, yes, the Browns were injured on defense, so they should put up better performances throughout the rest of the season, but injuries are a part of the game, and the Chargers were without Kenneth Murray and Justin Jones, both interior players who have stopped the run pretty well this season. There was a lot of controversy about a few pass interference calls, and I agree. The pass interference on fourth down against Mike Williams was very questionable and should not have been called. However, we tend to look at the final drives and make judgments about the officiating over the course of the game. They were making too many poor calls all game against both teams, 
And Chargers fans are no strangers to bad officiating, costing them games. I think instead of arguing about who is at fault for the Browns' loss this week, we should focus on the greatness of both of these teams, and especially the greatness of both of these young quarterbacks. Clearly, Justin Herbert is the better of the two. I don't think you can argue that. But Baker played an extremely good game, passing for over 300 yards on the Chargers' secondary, who had up until that point held every team to their lowest scoring production of the year. Baker Mayfield is not going to be able to throw the ball all over the field in the same way that Justin Herbert does, but he doesn't need to. This Browns team has so much talent on both sides of the ball. Baker needs to stick to his game and keep doing what he does well. The wins will come. With this performance and this win, Justin Herbert solidified himself as an MVP candidate, and I would not be surprised if we see a rematch of this game in the playoffs. It was an exciting one, and I really do hope we see it again. Now we'll jump into some of the biggest storylines of the week. Number one has obviously got to be John Gruden resigning as head coach of the Raiders. We don't know the whole story yet, but it's crazy to think that the highest paid coach of all time resigns just as the Raiders look decent again. Gruden has got to have the weirdest career ever. Traded away to the Buccaneers only to beat his former team in the Super Bowl. Retired to broadcast Monday Night Football return for a 10-year, $100 million contract, and then comes crashing down in this latest scandal. While that will continue to dominate Raiders news, I also want to talk about their loss to the Bears. The Raiders struggled with the Bears' defense, who is somehow carrying this team to a 3-2 and record. Justin Fields did not look bad and played well enough to get out with the win. He still isn't the guy to lead this team yet, but it was good enough to get the win on Sunday over the Raiders, who will now have to look for a new head coach. And then on Monday night, Lamar Jackson once again proved every single hater wrong with 442 passing yards and four touchdowns, an incredible performance. He is carrying this team, and even though they got multiple lucky breaks, they managed that amazing comeback and win in overtime. You have to feel bad for Carson Wentz, though. He is battling through injury, and playing very well, but the team is only 1-4 and four and losing ground in the playoff race quickly. I like their odds of turning it around soon, but it needs to happen now. Up next, the Cowboys look special. Another dominating win, this time over the Giants. Ezekiel Elliott is having a great year and proving his haters wrong. This is a team that other NFC teams do not want to see in the playoffs. The team they beat, the Giants, they continue to get wrecked by injuries. A team with a lot of promise lost their three best offensive players to injury in the same game. Now the Cardinals, they stayed undefeated, but it was much closer than they wanted it to be. The 49ers were able to keep Kyler Murray in check better than any other team this year, but he still managed 239 yards and a touchdown, which is not too shabby of a performance. Trey Lance in his first start looked pretty good out there. He is a true dual threat player with 89 rushing yards to go along with 192 passing yards. Division rival Seahawks, though, their quarterback, Russell Wilson, suffered an injury that will keep him out for a month or two in a loss to the Rams. That Thursday night matchup was super weird, and it was highlighted by a double punt, which I've never seen before. I don't think there can be too many takeaways from that game because of the injury and the strange nature of it but the Rams played well enough to get out with the win, and that's all that matters. 
the Seahawks fall to two and three and are going to have to fight very hard to make the playoffs, especially since they don't have Russ now for half of the season. Geno Smith looked decent out there, but he just doesn't bring much to the table. The Rams were not expecting him to play, and I think teams with a week to prepare will do much better. Moving on, the Dolphins might be the most disappointing team this season. After another blowout loss, they find themselves near the bottom of the AFC. This team needs Tua to come back soon. He's not going to win many games on his own, but he does enough to keep this team in games, and Jacoby Brissett is just not able to do that. And lastly, the Panthers and the Broncos both got exposed this week to be the mediocre teams that they are. Both of these teams have a shot at the wild card, but they lucked their way into 3-0 starts and now have lost two in a row. Next up, we got my top 10 teams after week five. Number 10, first appearance on this list is the Bengals. They looked really good against the Packers, and I really like what they've been doing this year. Number nine, the Browns. They did have a tough loss, but looked incredibly dynamic on offense. That running game is going to be hard to stop. Number eight, I have the Ravens. They escape with another close win. Number seven, I have the Cowboys. Their offense has looked incredible, and the defense is playing well, as always. I'm excited for what they can do moving forward. Number six is the Packers. They escaped with a win, but I'm only moving them back one spot from last week because the Chargers got another top 10 win and jump them into number five spot. Number four, I still have the Rams. While they didn't look exactly dominant against the Seahawks, they are still four and one with a pretty good win over the Buccaneers. However, I do have the Buccaneers at number three because of the way they have been dominating teams that they are supposed to dominate. Last week, they had just an amazing performance against the Dolphins. Number two, I have the Cardinals, still the only undefeated team in the league. Kyler Murray is the front runner for MVP at this moment, in my opinion. But I have number one as the Bills. They stay there from last week. This team is incredible. They are playing out of their minds. They beat the Chiefs on the road in Arrowhead in dominating fashion. I have the Bills at number one in the league. Finally, we'll move into the Clutch Factor Player of the Week. Runners up this week, Greg Joseph for nailing a 54-yarder in the final moments to win the game against the Lions. Justin Herbert for scoring on the last drive of the game to get the victory over the Browns. And Mason Crosby, even though he missed a ton of game winners, he ended up making the kick to win the game. But the Clutch Factor Player of the Week is Lamar Jackson. He led his team back from a 19-point deficit to force overtime got the ball in overtime, and marched right down the field to get the Ravens their fourth win of the season. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you were listening on KRNU2, we'll see you back here next Wednesday night for the Week 6 Reaction Show.